Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being here today. She is somebody that helps people heal all the time through all different types of holistic healing. And there's many types. We talk about energy medicine, something called functional medicine, Asian medicine, and more. What do they all mean? We're going to break that down today with holistic health specialist Hilda Elmer, and she's with us. Hilda, welcome back. How are you doing? I am doing great, Steve. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm a, uh, call it a student of energy medicine, learning more every single day. And I'm sure there's much I don't know, as with many of us listening. And then when we, you know, if we come under the category of functional medicine, I'm not even sure how to define that. So can we pick each of these different categories and then dig a little deep into them? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. So energy medicine, of course, we start, let's say Reiki. That's one of them, right? Yeah. Yep. Reiki is technically just the laying of hands. That is the definition of Reiki. So essentially anybody who has been attuned to Reiki, that means you have to have been attuned by a Reiki master and you're attuned in level one, and then level two, and then after a certain amount of time and practice, you become a Reiki master. And anybody can do it, Steve. You can do it to people. You can send it to them from the United States to China. You Energy crosses space-time, not time-space, so it can be done remotely. And it can also be done in person, and it can be done on animals. They love Reiki. So it is something that you don't have to be psychic or intuitive. All you have to do is be willing to channel energy from something bigger than yourself. And if you don't have a belief system in something spiritual, you can literally channel an oak tree. You do not have to tap into something super big and lofty in order to, to offer healing energy from your hands into a person's body. It is amazing how you can use your hands and transfer that energy where it needs to go and get the job done. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is fascinating. So chakra or chakras are other energy sources within our body that you can harness to heal, right? Yes, I love that you're talking about chakras. It's something I work with every single day is chakra attunement. And you nailed it, Steve. Chakras are they're, they're energy centers within our body. And these energy centers, we, we believe we have seven of them as a traditional um, chakra format, but there might be 12 or 13 if you go into more astral ideology. But sticking with the seven basic chakras, you have the root chakra, and, and that is where the energy is stored from our reproductive organ systems. It's also believed that that is what we come in our, into this world with, our bloodline, our DNA, for example. Um, and feeling safe and grounded is the emotional, energetic around the root chakra. Then you have the navel chakra, which is the second chakra. And that is, um, that's kidneys, that's bladder function, it's also sex hormones. It's our relationship to the yin and yang nature of ourselves and to the relationship of others. It's also our passion, it's our financial stability in life, and it's our trust. Then you move up to the solar plexus, and that is, is the solar plexus chakra, the third chakra, and that is the house of liver, the pancreas, the spleen, the stomach, your digestive organs. So when you have stuck energy in that, in that chakra, maybe you have you know, gas and bloating, and that gives rise to confidence issues. 
And confidence is what the energetic body of the third chakra is about. Confidence, survival, feeling positively empowered in your body in this life. And, and so then you move up to the heart chakra, and that is the heart, that is the lungs, and that is our ability to receive love, to give love unconditionally. It's also about forgiveness and processing of emotions, specifically love, sorrow. Sorrow is the emotions of the lungs. Moving up to the throat chakra, it's our ability to speak truth from our heart. It, um, it often gets blocked if people have a thyroid issue, a thyroid imbalance. It's also if somebody has been you know, criticized a lot in their lives, their throat chakra may shut down, or they may develop throat issues, hoarseness, or thyroid issues. And then the third eye is our intuition. It's also the pineal gland, which regulates our sleep. So that is the window to our insight, trusting our gut, if you will. Then you go up to the crown chakra, and that is our connection to what's greater than us. If you want to, I refer to it as divine oneness or source or spirit. Um, it's our connection to something beyond what our 3D understanding is. And when we have blockages in these, in these chakra systems, we can, we can actually have physical discomfort. Any, any kind of disease can arise from chakra blockages. I've heard that there, um, we have seven main chakras. I've heard there's many, many more. Is that true? Yes. I, I personally believe that we have most likely 13. There may be more. But again, that, that's going beyond and beyond in other dimensions. Um, but I, I personally believe that we have 13 dimensions, um, that we, we have an understanding of from our 3D perspective. And by understanding, it is so limited. <laughs> it is like tippy-top of the iceberg limitations. Right. Um, but, but yes, um, but there are more. I totally believe that. So energy healing, and we've got a lot to cover today, but without even going into so much detail on some of the other ones that uh, you work with energy-wise. Sound therapy is another one. Sound very powerful. Sound, right? yep. And that, that's using frequency. Sound is frequency. So that kind of, I personally lump sound healing in with like PEMS and RICE, the pulse electromagnetic frequency and RICE therapy um, and gongs and singing crystals, singing bowls or copper singing bowls. That's all frequency healing. I've heard that breath work comes under the category of energy. Is that is it really that as well? Oh, I totally believe so, yes. Hmm. I believe it is, it is energy medicine, but it also is physical medicine. You're literally oxygenating your cells, causing them to vibrate, stimulating the lymphatic system, circulating your blood, but then you can also trigger the release of DMT from the pineal gland. And that is basically a psychedelic experience. Wow. Meditation, before I learned about energy, I thought that was more of a physical thing. Uh, but the more I learn, you're really harnessing energy and vibration in your meditation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Connects you much more to your higher self, to what's bigger than us. Quiets the monkey mind. The monkey mind, I love that. to bear witness. Yeah, the monkey mind. So that's a, a little uh, intro to energy medicine. Let's take a look at functional medicine. What, what comes under the category of functional medicine? So functional medicine is a holistic medicine approach, but it's really using more kind of a Western approach, but, but much deeper in depth. So for example, you go to your primary doctor, Western doctor, internist, for example, and they'll, they'll write a blood script just for a CBC, like a basic blood panel, 
and, um, and analyze that and give you some information about your health. If you go to a functional medicine doctor, functional medicine doctor is going to give you much, much more in-depth labs. So rather than like that three to six page report, you're getting an 18 to 36 page report. So much more is being tested. Um, also the tests, on they're much more specific. So you can do like a full comprehensive thyroid panel. And then the functional medicine practitioner will, will talk more about diet, nutrition, and supplements. So it's functional medicine is kind of it's similar to naturopathic medicine, actually, um, more in that category. So would it be safe to say that functional medicine is what we would call, yeah, I guess it's Western medicine, um, but more, much more in-depth? Much more in-depth. Okay. And also much more unlikely to be covered by insurance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's just the one word I hate. I, I shouldn't use the word I hate. Know. I shouldn't, I, you know, I, um, I'm challenged I'm with by you, it. Steve. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm with you. Yeah. All right, interesting. I, I never knew that that really come into the, came out of the category of functional medicine as to, uh, you know, the approach. But you can use functional medicine to treat just about everything that ails us from chronic issues, right? Anxiety, depression, insomnia is another big one. Um, Gut issues are the biggest one. Yeah. You know what? Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. More, and, more. The, and the reason being, like, you can do these incredible extensive lab tests on stool samples and you test, all, I mean, every bacteria, yeast, fungus under the sun and parasites even and way beyond what the, the Western kind of insurance labs, lab work is. I mean, you get so much more information. So a lot of people come to me having, you know, been through years of different specialists and GI specialists from Hopkins. I live in Baltimore, so Hopkins is where I get a lot of my patients from. Um, or they've come from Hopkins doctors, rather, and they still don't have answers. And it's just because the testing isn't fine-tuned enough. Insurance companies don't pay for it, so then they come to me for a much more in-depth observation into their biological and chemical um, pathophysiology. Are you finding more, Hilda, that we'll call them traditional doctors uh, are finally seeing the light and adopting, you know, functional medicine and all of the stuff that we're talking about now? Oh, so many more. In fact, a lot of Western medical doctors are adopting functional medicine. So some, some of the concierge practices in my area, um, they have a PA, physician's assistant, or an NP, a nurse practitioner, who studies functional medicine. So that the first first um, session would be with that practitioner, taking a functional medicine approach, prescribing functional tests. Then the doctor will review the tests once they, the, the reports come back in with the patient. So it's really cool. It's really exploding, especially in this area. I'm so happy to see that. But but I I, I still I like the hands-on coupled with the functional medicine. Um, it's, but it is so wonderful that people are really starting to gravitate towards these more in-depth insights into the body. So let's turn the medical car for just a moment and yeah. go down the road of Asian medicine, which you know for thousands of years has been used. Uh, obviously, one of them, uh, acupuncture, is something that helps people heal. But when we talk about Asian medicine, what else are we talking about? Oh, I love your question because a lot of people don't realize that there is so much more. So um, Asian medicine is what I refer to as traditional medicine. It has been around for over 4,000 years. And it's based on a system of energy, 
how energy flows through the body and how energy and blood work together and how the meridian systems connect to all the organ systems. And it was actually discovered by monks meditating in, in Nepal and Tibet. So, um, so Asian medicine is, is deeply rooted in the spiritual, in actually in Taoist tradition. And so what it really encompasses, like, for example, my, med- my, um, my school training in Los Angeles was four, four years long. Now I think it's five, and it's full-time. And we had to learn Qigong, meditation, Tai Chi, nutrition, pathophysiology, herbal medicine, and multiple styles of acupuncture, as well as body work, namely shiatsu, as well as acupressure. So it's a lot. So when you go to somebody who is trained really in a great education with a full, the full program, it should be at least four times full, full, four years full time, then you're getting all of that. So it's, it's really a complete system. How do you make the determination what to use for somebody's healing, whether it be Asian medicine, functional energy healing? Uh, or do you do a combination of all, depending on what uh, is ailing somebody? I pretty much combine them all. I um, I also integrate another um, modality, which is called field control therapy. It's much less known, and it's much more cutting edge. It's using more the system of homeopathy combined with applied kinesiology, which, is, which essentially is just muscle testing. And what is that? That is asking the person's body to give us the information using muscle testing. So I, I always use that in a first session to determine really the severity of, of the imbalances in the body. So let's say somebody comes in with insomnia, anxiety, bloating, and, um, you know, uh, back pain. Well, I'm going to use the acupuncture on the back pain, but I'm also going to dig deeper to find out if there's a psychosomatic issue related to the back pain. So I'll probably, you know, introduce some chakra energy work, some some chakra balancing, some energy medicine, Reiki, um, color light therapy, tuning forks, sound therapy. But then for the GI issues, we might have to run a lab test. Um, We may use herbal medicine. We will muscle test and determine maybe it's just as simple as some probiotics and some herbs that will help move the bowels. Um, and as far as the insomnia goes, oftentimes sleep hygiene just needs some, some attention, some lifestyle changes. So I might integrate some breathing techniques, um, some meditations that they can do before bed, new lifestyle changes, getting to bed at the same time. You know, maybe some herbs, magnesium, for example, along with some other herbs help them sleep. So it's different with every single person that walks through my clinic doors, but, but it's nice to be able to pull from all this plethora of different modalities. Isn't it gratifying and fabulous for you knowing that you have the, the medical tool chest that you can just reach in with everything under, you know, you've studied so much, you can just reach in and say, ah, oh, wait, this one's going to work. I could, I, I could use this one or wait a minute. I have this one over here um, where let's say traditional doctors don't have that much to, to pull from whereby you do. I, it feels really good. And it's taken me 20 years to get here and I'm still learning and still acquiring new systems and modalities. And, and it is very gratifying. I love it so much. I, my work doesn't feel like work. It's such an honor and such a joy. Mm. People like you, I've often found have a thirst for knowledge. They want to just keep on learning. They want, what's the next thing I can learn? Would, would you say that describes you? Oh my God, to, to an annoyance. Uh. <laughs> yes. 
I, I'm up at 5.30 every morning, and I start reading every morning. Dogs in bed, baby in bed, you know, cup of coffee, and start researching. And the beautiful thing about my, you know, my profession, and especially being in Baltimore, because it's such a Western medicine-heavy place, people come from all over the world to Johns Hopkins. And my father was a Johns Hopkins um, physician and professor of urology. So I was very connected to the Western world. And it's just, it's so beautiful because people come at their last resort, right? So by the time they come to me, they have expired all their Western tools and they're still sick and they still don't feel good and they haven't had their answers. And it's, it's really fun. I love the challenge to, to help them heal. And it's really about education, you know, educating them on how to eat differently fine-tuning and tweaking, and then just a little bit here and a little bit there. It's like tuning your radio, right, to get that perfect clarity on the channel. It's really that simple. Is there anything that stands out, Hilda, in your mind recently where you kind of had an aha moment? You said, but, whoa, um, I didn't know that, or that's very interesting. Uh, maybe I can use that in, in my uh, practice moving forward. Oh, Steve, every day. <laughs> When I, when I get these 36-page lab tests, I actually consulted with somebody in Virginia yesterday, and, and her lab test, I mean, my gosh, this, this beautiful, beautiful soul had so many gut disharmonies, dysbiotic gut flora, um, giardia, um, H. pylori, I mean, you name it. And I learned so much about, you know, that I have kind of forgotten about, and then upon researching and digging deeper, it's like, oh, my God, there's this. Oh, and this herb contains that, that chemical makeup. Oh, that'll work. You know, and you just, it's, it's like putting together the puzzle pieces over the, the 20 years of, of my studies. And then I add new puzzle pieces in. I mean, every week I learn more. Aha moments every week. Mm, that's got to be so exciting. It's so exciting. <laughs> I love it. Like every day is a new day. And when you get lab results back from somebody that you're working with, um, to find that that little nugget of information or two or five or whatever it might be, knowing that you can help them heal or feel better, gotta be, Hilda, gotta be very gratifying. Oh, it's so gratifying, and and just knowing that this person, I don't believe in creating a codependent relationship between the healer and you know the practitioner and, and the patient. It's very important to educate people, and I, this is what the definition of a doctor means you are an educator in medicine. You are a healthcare educator. So that's what a doctor is. And I feel like we have gone wayward in our modern medicine approach to becoming teachers. The insurance protocol only allows doctors to have between 6 to 13 minutes. And then and then they really have to go. And that's why so many so many western medical practitioners in, in, in internal medicine, in particular family medicine, are moving towards concierge services. And you can't get to know, you can't diagnose somebody and really get to know a person in 13 minutes. And how can you possibly educate them so that they are empowered and have the tools in the, and are equipped to move forward as their own healers? You know, I mean, that, that's, what, that's where I think I come in. And that's where my strength is. And I love it. When you say codependent, how do you mean that? I don't want somebody to feel that the only way they're going to be healthy is if they keep coming back to me. My job is to teach them about their condition, about their body, about the full holistic aspect, the spiritual aspect of their disease, their emotional aspect of their disease, and the physiological aspect of their disease, how to treat it, 
how, you know, what signs to look for, what foods to eat, what herbs to take, what foods to avoid, et cetera, et cetera, so that they know what to do, and then they just bounce in when they need a tune-up, they can call me when they need me, but that they don't rely on me for their healing. Mm. They don't, you don't want to be the enabler. <laughs> you want to be the healer. It's it, exactly. And it's like, it's the same, it's no difference in a marriage. Like your, your partner is not going to be the person giving you joy and happiness. That yeah. is a tall order, right? Yeah. You have to cultivate your own. They can enhance it. Right. But, but that's where I think we, we don't realize how many codependent relationships we form oh, yeah. in our life. And, and right? in, in what you just described, that type of marriage is just a, dare I say, recipe for disaster at some point. I fully agree. Yeah. Yes, totally. Because you'll, you'll eventually lose yourself because you're lost in the other person, and then you're going to want to find yourself. Uh, so that's great that you set people on the path. It's almost like it's almost like they're your children in some regards, and you school mm-hmm. them. It's like, uh, on your way now, on your way to healing. Yes. <laughs> Move forward. I didn't think about it that way, but I love that. Yes. So totally. if somebody wants to heal through any of the modalities you offer, I know that uh, you can book an appointment through your website, bodiroommd.com, B-O-D-H-I, roommd.com. Uh, is it a free consult or a free discussion, at least initially, to figure out what might work? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I call them connection calls. I, mm. I want to connect with somebody and hear their voice, they hear mine, they can ask questions, we can talk about the approach um, out of the gate. I like to hear a little bit about what they've already been through without going into detail, you know, and it usually it's about, it takes about 15 minutes. I mean, I've been on the phone for 30 with some people. They have long health history and lots of concerns and questions. But, um, oh, yeah, no, I think it's important that it's, it's a complimentary service. And your final yeah. question here, when it comes to, depending on what somebody is looking for, um, you know, from the, I guess, the, the functional medicine side, if they need lab results, can you direct them as to what they should be getting? Absolutely. Okay. And I have no problem. They don't have to do their lab testing through me. If they have a primary who's willing to step outside the box a little bit and add this test or add that test, I'm super happy to write it out. Like, make sure you get this one, this one done. You need to have this one. You know, it's so important. And I didn't think of it in that capacity where you could facilitate it. I was thinking more of they have their doctor because uh, that's normally we you know, go to for those types of tests. But you could direct them as to uh, what they should ask the the doctor for. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And some doctors aren't open to it, and then they end up coming back to me and saying, "Okay, I want to run all my all my labs through you." But but it, hey, if insurance will cover it, let's try and get insurance to pay for it first, right? For sure. And you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm going to say this now. If your doctor isn't into what you're asking for, uh, maybe you should look for another doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Naps. <laughs> totally agree. It, it's not like he's held liable for ordering a certain type of test. It's not like the insurance company is going to come back and say, excuse me, can you ask us why? No, we just wanted the results. And he should be looking at those results as well. I fully agree, Steve. Yeah. Amen. All right. Hilda, great talking with you. TheBodyRoomMD.com is the website. Start the connection and start the healing. Always, always learn so much from you. Your energy, you could be... You could be talking in different language, Hilda. I would just love to listen and feel your energy. It's so it's so positive. Oh, Steve, thank you. Well, I so enjoy our time together and have a beautiful Same. rest of your week. You too, and we'll talk soon. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. 
let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.